And this is also talking about soon here. It's a prophecy. That's what this, what this is. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of their own selves covetous, boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents unthankful, unholy without natural affection, truce breakers false accusers, incontinent fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, as Janus and Zambrus withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. Now look at what it's saying. See, it says they'd be violent. It says they'd be truce breakers. And any person who would sit there and abuse on their spouse is a truce breaker. Hello? Anybody abuse their spouse is a truce breaker. The truce was you said you'd love your wife till death do your part. You didn't say you'd pound on her. You broke your vow in the first stinking place. Amen! Yeah, hello, churches. Woman, when you say you'd love your husband to death, do you part? You start beating on that man. I don't care how big or small you are. You broke your vow, uh, and vice versa. Hello, the Bible says it was going to happen in the last days. So, now, we need to take a look. Now we need to answer the question. We've laid the groundwork. We need to answer the question. Is it right, is it biblical for a man or a woman to divorce their spouse on the grounds of abuse? Well, first let's understand the most basic part of the Jewish law. And I want to introduce another Jewish term or Hebrew term. Pecuinafish. Pecuinafish. That means... It is a rabbinical term, a Jewish term, a Jewish law term that meant, it meant consideration of life. That's why we as Christians aren't like the JWs. We believe in accepting blood transfusions because we believe in saving our life. Okay? That's why we believe that. We believe it's better to save a life than to lose it. The heart of the law was always, was and always will be life. And I'm going to show you where they based that out of. Okay, Danny? I need you to read Leviticus 18 and 5. This is where the Jewish rabbis get the basis for their law of life, or pecunifish. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. See, if you keep the laws, you shall live in them. Live. That means life. You keep people alive. Now, hello. There were certain Jewish rules that could be broken in order to preserve life. And we're going to prove what Jesus had to say on the issue. We're going to show you what I'm talking about. 
Now, Jesus reaffirms this law for life, or procuring a fish, he reaffirms it to the religious Sadducees and, and Pharisees when they started nitpicking. Remember, Jesus was always nitpicked about some different laws they claimed he was breaking and his disciples were breaking. And I want you to take a look at this, okay? Ruth, I need you at Matthew. Matthew. I want you to be over in Matthew. Verses chapter 12, Matthew 12, Matthew 12, 10 to 13, Matthew 12, 10 to 13, Matthew 12, 10 to 13, and Danny, while she's getting that, I need you to run over to Luke, Luke chapter 13 and verse 15. Luke 13, 15, Danny. And Ruth, you're going to read us Matthew 12, 10 to 13. Okay? And I want you to notice something here. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered, and they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days that they might accuse him? And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and it shall fall into a pit, on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, is it, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Okay, Danny. The Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, doth not each one of you on this Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? Now, do you notice something? The issue is... People whined about Jesus doing things on the Sabbath. What was the rule that they were whining about? That you weren't supposed to work. But yet, Jesus said, look, whether a sheep had fallen into a pit or the fact that your sheep needed water, you would go and give it water or lift it out of a hole. You would do some physical effort to do that. But you'll gripe about somebody doing a little bit of work on the Sabbath that will keep them alive. Hello, SDAs. See, the fact is that the Jewish law had that pecuing a fish regulation in it that permitted you to break any and all of the laws if it meant life. So, in this case... If someone could have easily died on, for example, like if we're a diabetic who, if they don't eat, they could go into serious problems, you know, a type 1 diabetic, if they don't eat, they could be in serious trouble, the fasting rules for the Day of Atonement then can be set aside for that diabetic. According to Jewish law, even today, pecuna fish works even today. When there was uh, times where a doctor told them there was a disease going around in that area, and, and they forwent that ruling of fasting on the Sabbath and on the Day of Atonement just so they could preserve life. So, pecuna fish 
is the Jewish law that states you could even overrun the Sabbath rules in order to keep life. Now, let me just give you a little more proof on that. Now, Jesus is going to refer to something, and we're going to the Old Testament as well. Ruthie, we need you to go to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. 23 to 28, Mark chapter 2, 23 to 28, and Danny, I'm going to send you over to the Old Testament. You're more comfortable there. In 1 Samuel, in 1 Samuel, chapter 21, 1 Samuel chapter 21, verses 1 to 6. 1 Samuel 21, 1 to 6, and now we'll get Ruthie to read hers. It came to pass that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day, and his disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? And he said unto them, Have you never read what David did when he had need and was a hungered, he and they that were with him? How he went into the house of God in the days of Abathar the high priest and did eat the shewbread, which is not lawful to eat but for the priests. And gave also to them which were with him. And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Isn't that wonderful that Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath? Okay, come on, Danny. Okay. One to six. One through six. Twenty twenty one, one through six. That's all right. Then came David to Nob, to Ahimelech, the priest. And Ahimelech was afraid at the meeting of David, and said unto him, Why art thou alone, and no man with thee? And David said unto Ahimelech, The priest, the king, hath commanded me a business, and hath said unto me, Let no man know anything of the business whereabout I send thee, and what I have commanded thee, and I have appointed my servants to such and such a place. Now therefore, what is under thine hand? Give me five loaves of bread in mine hand, and or what there is present. And the priest answered David and said, There is no common bread under mine hand, but there is hallowed bread. If the young man have kept themselves at least from women, and David answered the priest and said unto him of a trust of a truth woman have been kept from us about these three days since I came out and the vessels of the young men are holy and the bread is in a manner common yea though it were sanctified this day in the vessel so the priest gave them hallowed bread for there was no bread there but the shoe bread that was taken from before the Lord to put hot bread in the day when it was taken away. Now, you see what's going on here? Jesus, Jesus made reference to something that happened in the Old Testament. What had happened was David and his men were hungry. Now, if they hadn't eaten... They could have easily fainted and died. 
So, this priest, realizing that there was the Jewish provision of the law, procuring a fish, which meant life, that priest realized, hallowed bread or no hallowed bread, the rule of only priests eating that bread was laid aside even for the holy bread, the shoe bread, the hallowed bread. That rule was set aside, the rule that stated only Levite priests could touch it. Now, that rule was set aside in regards to pecuna fish or the law that gives consideration for life. Now, what is my answer? What is the biblical answer to the question? Is it biblically acceptable to divorce on the grounds of abuse? Now, listen and listen well. There are three types of abuse. There is the one that most people think of, physical abuse. There is emotional abuse and verbal abuse. Now, verbal abuse and emo- uh, verbal abuse or physical abuse can and always do cause emotional abuse. But now, a man who just ignores his wife, never says a word, that would be strictly emotional. But that is so rare that it's not funny. But all three types listen clearly. Emotional abuse with certain women, it could be so bad that it can cause them to get sick seriously. Verbal abuse does exactly the same. It causes the person to get sick inside. Now, obviously, physical abuse is plain straight out going to hurt. Okay? All three types can affect the health and all three types can outside of physical abuse which will happen quicker but the physical abuse causes it to happen quicker but emotional as well as verbal can eventually lead to somebody's death so since we now understand that any of those three can cause a person to get sick and die, remember what the rule procuring a fish in the law permitted. What was the rule with procuring a fish? Procuring a fish said any law in the Old Testament could be overridden. The Sabbath, being married, a vow, anything, if it regarded life. So, when it comes down to abuse, to this very unique thing that is now happening, a Christian can look at that spouse who is abusing them in any way, and on the grounds of pecuing a fish, the law for the consideration of life, especially when it's physical abuse, which each of the people that mentioned this, they were being physically abused. It wasn't so much emotional or verbal. But in any case, they had the right, according to that law, to say, the adultery thing, it don't matter. 
The adultery thing don't matter. Look, the cunning fish says, in order to preserve my life and to preserve, especially those that have children, to preserve their lives, get out of Dodge. It is biblical. Now, I want to go from that answer that I have now given, a straight answer. It is biblical. According to Pecunifish, it is biblical. Because even though the main provision was adultery, there is this provision when it comes to life. The adultery thing has nothing to do with it, especially when you're considering a person's life. Now, to those who have been abused, I am speaking directly to you. You know who you are. Some of you have requested the sermon. The devil has tried to stop us tonight from doing it, but we are still going on, and the devil is just going to have to get over it. The fact is, God has a message for you tonight. This ain't something that's going to happen down here. But I want you to look in Revelation chapter 21, 1 to 5. Danny, I want you to read this. Revelation 21, 1 to 5. I want you to read this because there's a message for those who have had this kind of situation. It's good for all of us to think about, but especially those who have been abused. Here's a special message from God's Word for you. Danny? I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. For he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Aren't you guys glad? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We may suffer in this world. Physical pain. We may suffer emotional pain, but God said, God said he's going to wipe away all tears. All tears. So, those of you that have been abused, that have been hurt, God says he's going to wipe away all your tears. I thank the Lord for that. Now, everybody in the Bible has their proper gifts. We already know that when you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're all supposed to have a special part in the body of Christ. But also in the household, in, in different things, we got proper gifts too. 1 Corinthians 7, 1-17, we're going to let Ruthie read this. 1 Corinthians 7, 1-17... 
First Corinthians chapter one of First Corinthians chapter seven, one to seventeen. And we're going to find that God says that we all have certain gifts and certain things that we could and should do. And this here, I know a lot of people are saying that in the Bible that they love to use this when they're talking about divorce. But there's some things here they miss too. Even in the New Testament, God gives us a provision for divorce here as well. But remember, we always got to weigh it in light of peculiar fish, okay? In the light of the consideration of life. Okay, Ruthie? Now concerning the things whereon you wrote unto me, it's good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. But I speak this by permission, and not of commandment. For I would that all men were even as I myself, but every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner and another after that. I say therefore to the unmarried and widows, it's good for them if they abide even as I. But if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it's better to marry than to burn. And unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord, that that the wife depart from her husband, but, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried, or be reconciled to her husband and let not the husband put away his wife. But to the rest speak I, not the Lord. If any brother hath a wife that believeth not, and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. And the woman which hath her husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God hath called us to peace. For what knowest thou, O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband? Or how knowest thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife? But as God hath distributed to every man, as the Lord hath called every one, so let him walk, and so ordain I in all churches. There you go, sweetheart. Now... Let me lay this plain. We all have a proper gift. Now, of course, you've got to remember over and over here, he said, I speak by permission, but not of commandment. He didn't give these as commands, just guidelines or rules that we could look at. Now, what does he say? If everybody would do just like he did, which was be single, that'd be great. But if they can't do that, if they got too hot to trot, get married. Better to marry than to get burnt in hell. Now, but then he goes on to talk a little bit about one important issue. If you're unequally yoked, say you got, sa you got married and then all of a sudden one of you gets saved. Now, you could, as long as nothing is going bad in that marriage, stay married is what he's saying, if the unbelieving doesn't uh, is pleased, and you're pleased to dwell with your unsaved spouse, then stick around. Keep your vow. 
But if the unbelieving person says, oh, I ain't going to stick around and stay married to a Christian, it says, let him get out. Let him go. Let him or her get him out of there. Don't worry about it. Just let him, let him get out of the way because there's going to be a problem. So, and then it says what? A brother or sister is not under bondage in such a case. Well, if that abusive spouse is causing you physical harm, emotional harm, or verbal harm to the point where it could mean your life, then get out. The Bible says, get rid of them. And you're not under bondage, because I'm sorry to tell you, anybody that's going to do that nonsense, I don't believe they're saved. Because how could they be saved and yet giving themselves as Christ gave himself for the church? You didn't see Christ verbally abusing us from the cross. You didn't see Christ emotionally abusing us from the cross, and you dead burn well know that you don't see him abusing us physically from the cross. And even after he got off the cross and he became our groom, he hasn't done it since. Okay, and Ruthie said she's got a verse here she wants to throw into this. 2 Corinthians 6 and 14. Okay, go ahead. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness. Lord, just help me find that. Well, I'm glad you did, because that just confirms what it said in Corinthians 7. See? So I don't have a problem with that, Ruth. See, that's only God working here. That's like I said. Ruth, what did I say when I prayed? I said I want Christ to be the preaching. I want Christ to do the reading. You see what I'm saying? This ain't me. This is Christ. This is his message. And that's what we're talking about. You're not supposed to be unequally yoked. But it also said, Paul said, look, if you're satisfied to dwell together, don't leave each other. But if there's a situation where you got to get out, or they want to get out, then let them go. And I'm sorry to say, as I just said, any man or woman who is abusing their spouse, you go look at Jesus. He didn't abuse us from the cross or after it. Whether it be physically, emotionally, or spiritually. No way, shape, form. He never harmed us. So, hello, if that's the case, that tells you that ain't of God. Now, even if they're just backslid, the fact is, if it's going to be a question between the, by, the, the law and your vow, the law, pecuna fish, takes precedence. And I want you to think on that tonight. Is the law that says, okay, that's a done deal. Lord, it's been a tough message. It's not one that you hear often. And that's because, Lord, nobody has gotten the guts to get up. Lord, the devil did not want this message preached. You know that. He has fought us tonight beyond all belief. But Lord, you still won. You're still going to win. So Lord, we ask you right now that you would touch now, Lord, this message. Lord, put it to good use. We ask you, Lord, that you would just reach down right now and help each and every person, Lord, 
that listens to it. Lord, we ask you to help them just to come to you. We ask you, Lord, to let them lay their burdens strictly on you. Lord, and whatever the case may be in any one of these situations, we ask you to work your perfect will. Lord, but we would hate to see anybody hurt or dying because of some nonsense that ain't even Christian. Lord, for those who are causing the problems, we ask you, Lord, to get down there and shake their wicked heart until until they realize they're doing wrong, Lord. And if they're not saved, we ask for their soul tonight. We ask you would save them. We thank you. In the name of Jesus, we ask you also, Lord Jesus, to now touch this invitation. And for those who have been suffering the abuse that listen to this message, Lord, let this invitation song time be a time that they can rest in you and settle it with you as to what you would have them do. Help give them some guidance during this invitation time. Help them to bow their head and say, Lord Jesus, I've been putting up with this so long. Would you give me some direction? And for those, Lord, that haven't ever had that problem, that may just be listening and need to be saved, we ask you to touch them as well. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that we're under grace. But at the same time, we also realize, Lord, in grace, or the law both, it's always been for life. It always has been, always will be. That's why uh, we as Christians, we stand up against abortion because it's murder. But Lord, there are people that are causing just as much harm with their physical, emotional, and verbal abuses, Lord. So Lord, if it takes people to just step back and say, I'm I'm not staying in this marriage no longer. If that's your will, then Lord, you do that. But if if not, and you're going to work it out, Lord. Give them the grace to get it worked out and give them the grace to work it out, Lord. And we ask you to do the working out. But, Lord, as we give this invitation song now, Lord, we ask you to just reach down and help them. We thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now, as as we always do for a typical invitation, what we do is, you ain't going to be hearing me talking like you do some preachers. Why? Because I intend to get down and pray for every one of those that have asked me this question and have asked for these this, that it will be a blessing to you. So all you're going to hear is a song. So use this time to come to Jesus and, and settle it with the Lord the way he'd have you settle it.
tempted and tried I need a great Savior one who can help my burdens to bear oh I must tell Jesus I must tell Jesus for he all my care and my sorrows will share oh how the world to evil allures me and oh how my heart is tempted to sin I must tell Jesus for he will help me over this world. Yes, Lord, he'll help me the victory to win. and tried I need a great Savior one who can help my burdens to bear oh I must tell Jesus I must tell Jesus for he all my care and my sorrows will share oh how the world to evil allures me and oh how my heart is tempted to sin 
I must tell Jesus, for he will help me over this world. Yes, Lord, he'll help me the victory to win. I just pray that those that have really needed this got what out of it that God would show them. And I pray that God used it to give direction to all of us in such a situation when someone asks. We now know how to answer them. Amen. All right, Danny, would you close us in prayer tonight? Yes, yes, I do. Well, Lord, as Kenny prayed earlier, this has been a tough message. A message the devil didn't want preached. Well, the devil lost. And you won. Yes. So, Lord Jesus, as as always, we thank you for winning the victory and getting this sermon done. Yes. Because we know, Lord God, you will win over Satan when your children are doing right. You're going to win over Satan in the in the, in the being loosed a thousand years. You're going to win that too. Yeah, yeah. And then you and he will be put into the pit, and he will deceive the nations no more. Yeah. And the beast and the false prophet will go with him. Yeah. So, Lord God, I want to pray that so many people won't go with him, Lord God. Satan wants nothing more than to let you fry in hell but Lord God I thank you but I'm, I'm under a man of God of, of, of your convictions and, and I'm, I'm glad you know I'm under somebody like Phil Scott who um, has taken the responsibility to look after my needs um, and to bring me up in the admonition of you and I'm thankful that I'm under a guy named Bob Hoffer that, uh, Lord God, you've allowed me this opportunity to sing. Because, Lord God, I prayed to you, where is my talent? And while you want me teaching from time to time there, you want me singing more than anything. I'm seeing that that's what's working out. So it's obvious, Lord, you want me to sing. So, Lord, help me to make a joyful noise unto you. It's, it's obvious that you want me to sing. Uh, it's obvious you want Ricky to use her voice, too. We pray tonight for Mike and Ricky. We pray for their safety on the roads. We pray that they will get safely back to Kansas by your guiding and loving hand. And, uh, Lord God, we pray for Ruthie tonight. She made it through the service, and we want to thank you and give you a hand clap and praise for that. 
God, we want to thank you that she got through it. Yes, Lord, she's in pain. But, Lord, her love for you is so deep and abiding that we dare not ever allow her to ever lose sight that you are still in control. So, Lord God, help her never to lose that sight. Uh, You know, because Satan can get you so far off on a tangent if you allow him. But if you don't allow him and say, get thee behind me, Satan, he will leave. You said in your word, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So we want to thank you that we can still resist the devices of foolishness that Satan puts out there. Be they in the form of books, tapes, whatever. And we and we pray as we conclude this, we pray for so many out there that will be hearing this message. And we thank you that somebody has got the guts to stand up there and say it the way it is. Yeah. And Lord God, hide Kenny behind the cross now. Help the message that has just been preached. Not heard from him, but be heard from you. So hide him behind your cross, Lord. Help the message to get in, in, in as many hands as you can get it this week. And we thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen.